Thanks to Noom for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard, and Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash A-G. And thanks to Best Fiends for supporting Muller, she wrote. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. And thanks to Kettlebell Kitchen for supporting Muller, she wrote. Kettlebell Kitchen knows that meal planning isn't one size fits all, which is why they offer a personalized solution. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com and enter code MSW for $50 off your first two orders. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. venue and it's an incredible city. I've never been here before. Thank you guys for having us. I really appreciate it. I just found out that the cocktails are named after episodes. You can get an Alabama knockers, which is when I take a Sharpie and, and extend my boobs to include Alabama. And then there's uh, hooty owls and googly eyes which I think comes from my, what was it, my Christopher Walken impression? <laughs> wow. You don't understand, those are hooty owls. Googly eyes. Uh, you guys, I love it here. We got in, I get to the hotel, and the guy's like, yeah, everything's cool, just walk everywhere because GPS doesn't work downtown. <laughs> like, isn't this where they invented Uber? How, what? what? I think, here, I have it in my head that, that all the tech people who live here and you guys, like the people who live here, your GPS works. <laughs> Ours doesn't, it's TPS, it's like tourist positioning system. <laughs> and I thought that, and they're like, well, you know, the buildings get in the way, like you're the only fucking city with buildings. <laughs> I don't get it, but. Other than that, everything is amazing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the GPS, we tried to go to, where were we? Vomit, no, Comet Tavern. 
last night. Woo! Somebody tried to put cream cheese on my hot dog. <laughs> and mayonnaise. That uh, I haven't, I haven't tried it yet, but I will. I promise. I I will when I'm sober. I will eat a Seattle dog. Don't. Oh, they say I have to be shit faced. Okay. All right. Deal. Uh, I did want to let you guys know that if you bought a VIP ticket and you didn't get to get a photo with us, I think there's probably about 15 of you, maybe 20 of you. Uh, stick around after, and, and we'll get it done up there. Uh, everyone else has to get the fuck out, but uh, you <laughs> can stay because we want to give you the, you know, we want to give you the VIP experience, which is me just, okay. <clears throat> so my husband used to work at a place called Dick's Last Resort <laughs> when he was growing up, and uh, well, you know, in his twenties, and. It's a place where you, they cut your necktie off if you wear one, or they put a hat on your head that says like you're a slut or something. And, and they make fun of you. And so what he, was, what he did when the Super Bowl was in San Diego was he, he did this thing where he said, okay, now you can get a beer or you can get a large beer, which comes in a commemorative Super Bowl glass, or for an extra $5, I can give you the Super Bowl experience. And people bought it, and, and what they did basically was they brought out their beer, and then two guys would come out and dump a cooler of Gatorade on them. <laughs> so that's what I th have in my head when I think of the VIP experience. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dump anything on your head, but seriously, if there's 15 of you or so, stick around. So uh, I'm your host, AG. And uh, with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. So what song is this? We should just like come out twerking every time. I think. That should be the new I'll norm. I'll stay away from that one. Okay. Or, uh, I'll cover you. Backstage, Jordan was like, I wish that we could, because there's stairs, we have to come downstairs. She's like, when is it we're going to have zip lines and we could zip line in? Like right a bat into the entrance? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Everyone starts in a cape. Great. I like it. I like it. You guys are so sexy. This is an amazing audience. Give it up for yourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is beautiful. This whole theater is so fancy, and I bought my pants at Marshall's, so. Nice, nice. Give it up for Jordan's pants. Very Thank nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm what? sorry, capris. Capris. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, these were pants. My legs are just fucked up and wrong. <laughs> what happened? I like how, I was just thinking, you said the GPS, the guy was like, hey, the GPS is messed up. You should walk. Yeah. Still need GPS for yeah. walking. <laughs> yeah. It took me like 10 extra minutes to get here, which is not that much, but I'm complaining about it anyway. Also, so, when you're on foot, you can't run away nearly as fast if you're in danger as when you're in a car. That guy, very anyway, true. get the GPS situation together. D did you meet no. a dangerous person? No, everything was fine. Okay. That happened to me in Minneapolis. Somebody picked up my phone on accident. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Super drunk guy at a bar, picked up my phone on accident. I called my phone and he answers, he's like, hello. 
I'm like, yeah, you have my phone. He's like, nuh-uh, you have my phone. For, for context, this man was like too buff to even be wearing a shirt. And That's fair. Yeah, the too sexy for my shirt song yeah. was probably written by uh, him. Yeah, yeah, he was so sexy and he had a tan cowboy hat on, just so you have the image, the yeah. full image of the story. So I, I say, where are you? He's like, I'm on 10th and 3rd. And I'm like, I don't have your phone. He's like, you have my phone. I'm like, I don't have your phone. So then he hangs up and I'm like, shit, I can feel my phone like running away. <laughs> I call him back and I'm like, you have my phone? He's like, no, you have my phone. I'm like, yes, yes, I have your phone. Where are you? It's like, I'm on 10th and 3rd. I was like, I'll be right there. I run to 10th and 3rd. I walk, as I'm walking up to him, I'm like, hey, you have my phone? He's like, you got my phone? And I'm like, I go to dig in my purse, like, yeah, I got your phone right here. Give me my phone real quick. Gives me my phone and I just threw $20 at him and said, I don't have your phone, I'm sorry. And, Ran away. At least she gave him $20. That's, that's admirable. You didn't owe him anything. It's not enough to buy a phone. But no, not quite. It'll cover the cost of his new phone case. That's good enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's nice. It's Friday the hilarious. 13th. How about those balls? Oh. Yeah. Wait. I, just, I figured you want to talk about balls. Yeah, that has been my thing lately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it a Friday the 13th reference? I was going to say, how do balls relate to Friday the 13th? Did you like that segue? It just went right to it. Oh, nice. Well, you know what? On the topic of Friday oh, the 13th. Oh, like lottery balls? <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> Did anyone get like a Friday the 13th tattoo? No? Is that weird? Yeah, that's weird. What, People what are you talking Diego, about? Diego, they get them all the time. Just random little symbols. What was that? 60 bucks, is that not good? That's how much I spend for my tattoos. That's, yeah, it's not really a deal. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, I'm with you. Do your own tattoos, man. Fucking do it yourself, yeah. DIY tattoo. No, I didn't tattoo. get any today. <laughs> I got one. Oh, you got that Muller tattoo. It's not on oh, yeah. Friday the 13th, hey. but you got a Bob yeah. Muller. Yeah. Not weird at all. Everyone's like, who's that? I'm like, you don't even know. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah, I love it. Got this one here. Mm. That's Obama. good too. The Obama, yeah, yeah. Obama. Yep. Yeah, I got that the day he won the Iowa caucus. Oh, nice. Mm. Oh, when he ate the, the like Iowa State Fair food, I saw those pictures. Yeah, because yeah. I figured as soon as he did, we knew it was either going to be a black man or, or a woman yeah. on a major party ticket for the yeah. first time. I yeah. was like, yeah, one's good. so I got That's that. That's interesting. You had that caucus confidence. That's a... Yeah, you didn't get Hillary on the other wrist, like, just Yeah, that seems like a preemptive strike. <laughs> I haven't had confidence since, like, that since then, so... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just gonna get the Democrat tattooed. Nice, on me. nice. Yeah. Anyone else? 2020. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Democrat 2020. <laughs> yeah, for well, sure. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, also, a uh, quick announcement: uh, head to McCabeDefense.org uh, if you want to uh, donate to his legal defense fund. Uh, who knows what the fuck is happening with that shit, but there's some interesting news that came out about it. We'll go over it in just the facts. So uh, how about we do that? Why don't we bring out our other panelists? Today, to complete our panel, please welcome the new producer and executive assistant to the Muller She Wrote team. She's worked for the UK Green Party. She's an immigrant. Uh, she's married to my best friend, Joelle, who does our web design, and she's worked for Amnesty International, and she probably didn't want me to tell you any of that, but I did. Ha ha! Please welcome Amanda Reeder! Wow. 
So I, I, my walk on music was my posse's on Broadway. Um, <laughs> and I just, I love that song. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd like to start out here. Uh, first of all, how are you, Amanda? I'm well. It's so nice to see all of you. You look beautiful. Yeah. Amanda's... Well, Amanda's like our in-house fact checker now, which is really good. And Very helpful. And we will make correction segments shorter, but who knows? Wait, somebody's going to do research? Yeah. If you ever hear anyone laughing in the background during any episode, that's me. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it's cool, too, because, like, you know how Maddo will do that? She'll say something funny, like, oh, that shit went gone walkies, and somebody in the back will be like, what? That one random person, yeah, yeah. 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 It's Amanda. The happy camera person. It's me. <laughs> uh, that's you. I love it. And I, I'm seriously welcome to the team. Everybody, let's welcome Amanda to the team. And speaking of, how about we kick off the show with our favorite new segment, corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, This week, during the Daily Beans, it appeared as though Jordan had asked Jaleesa why black women don't support Elizabeth Warren. Just jumping right into it, aren't we? Yes, yes. And then I called every black person ever, and we got to the bottom of it. Well, we talked about balls already, so... Well, we got a few, mi- few emails wondering why we thought Jaleesa could speak for all black women. <laughs> we wanted everyone to know that Jordan asked me that question. You just couldn't see it because it's a podcast. Yeah. Even worse. Ju- Sorry, go ahead. But Jaleesa fielded the question. And I wanted to bring this up because I think it's an important discussion to have. So sorry for any confusion that may have caused. Yes, my internal monologue was, I was going to say, what do you guys think? But then I thought, guys is not woke. Don't say guys. (laughs) And then I didn't say guys. And then I just was, I was like, okay, we'll just maintain eye contact with Allison. And then I was like, oh shit, people listening can't tell that's what I'm doing at all. And uh, I know this is a suspicious amount of explanation, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I swear it's all true. I trust you, Jordan. We trust Jordan, right? I know. And then you answered. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's not going to come off well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, we've been told it's pronounced Klobuchar and not Klobuchar. Okay. Fine. Doesn't have a hard CH. So thanks to Stephanie Machad for that. <laughs> Just kidding, it's Mashad. <laughs> the uh, hidey hole that someone was hiding in, the person in the hidey hole, was oh, Saddam yeah. Hussein. Thanks, Irene Agag, for, uh, for that. And among others, we got a lot of emails about that. Saddam was in the hidey hole, like trapdoor spider. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of David Attenborough, sorry. Um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is not known as NOAA, it's just NOAA. Oh. Thank you, BB, for that correction. Okay. BB, not B. <laughs> These are their names. These aren't jokes. Um, 
And we record the Daily Beans in the afternoon, and I often find myself asking questions on the show that then are immediately answered when I turn on Rachel Maddow. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, we were wondering how in the hell Noah ended up under the Commerce Department, because I felt like it should be part of the interior, and as if she were listening. But the show hadn't come out yet. We only recorded it. She explained it. She said Nixon was apparently furious at his interior secretary, Wally Hickel, which is a great name, mm-hmm. because he opposed the Vietnam War, as all Wally Hickels should. <laughs> so as punishment, he gave the newly formed Noah to the Commerce Department. Uh, Obama tried to move it back under the interior in 2012, but that didn't go anywhere, so thanks to Rachel Maddow for mm-hmm. that correction. Right? How petty. Like. I can't wrap my mind. I didn't know that presidents could like transcend pettiness through administrations. I didn't know it held up that long. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, Nixon and Trump have a lot in common. Oh, really? <laughs> didn't oh. you mention that Obama tried to have it moved back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried, man. He really tried his best in so many areas. It's funny how I Yeah, figure. fuck yeah. Give it up for her tattoo, guys. Give it up, give it up for Obama. <laughs> I think the weird part is that I have to give the black power salute to show it to people. I like that. It's a double positive. (laughs) Assalamu alaikum. So, Jonathan Knowles pointed out that our apparent underappreciation of Dolph Lundgren is staggering. (laughs) During our Powerballs episode, when I sang the 80s hit song I made up on the spot called Cold Warrior, by my new band, Mumpsimus Rex. <laughs> Got some uh, groupies, yeah. Yeah, Cold Warrior. Yeah. And it is, uh, it, 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 you were right. I got a couple of emails saying that sounds just like Dream Warriors from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. I'm like, you're fucking right it is. That's where I got it. Same amount no of syllables, Warrior, it worked. So we likened that song, Cold Warrior, to the theme, like some sort of, montage from Rocky IV when Rocky fights uh, Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren. And we were wondering if he was dead. Is that it? Is that real life? (laughs) That was graceful. (laughs) Rogue producers. (laughs) He'll be doing that, too. Like, don't we have the They Might Be Giants on there somewhere? Pour some beans on it. What kind of beans? Do you have a soundboard back there? (laughs) Yes! Hell yeah. You like burps and farts yeah. and stuff? <laughs> Everybody, Jason, our producer. Hey. What's hey. Up? Wait, do you have the, uh, the burp, 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 on a button? Oh. Oh, the, no? the okay. Price is Right losing? Yeah. yeah this I seems know. like a conversation I should have had with him before the show. Maybe. Yeah. Makes sense. Might be good. Uh, Well, anyway, uh, Jonathan Knowles wants us to know that Dolph Lundgren speaks Swedish and English fluently, as well as French, German, Italian, Japanese, and Spanish, and he has a degree in chemical engineering and was awarded a Fulbright scholarship to MIT in 1983. Our apologies to Drago. He must break us. (laughs) We get a lot of corrections about the pronunciation of Jelaine Maxwell. We are well aware it's pronounced Jelaine. We call her Jizz Lane. Okay. Laughing the Jizz Lane. On purpose. Just, just, 
sing. Uh, and those are corrections. Guys, if you have any corrections for us, don't hesitate to let us know by going to MullerSheWrote.com, click on contact and select corrections. We'll get it right eventually. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it's AG from Muller She Wrote. Sticking to a weight loss plan is hard, especially when you don't have the tools to conquer the obstacles that hold you back from making progress. That's because most plans just tell you what to eat and how to move. But let me tell you about Noom. They use a cognitive-based approach that helps you lose the guilt and helps you develop a healthy relationship with food. Noom is not a diet. This isn't just about losing weight. Noom helps you build better habits so you can be your best self. And it's convenient. I used to have to manage five different apps for logging food, for counting steps, tracking workouts, getting nutrition tips, and finding support. But Noom puts it all in one place right in the palm of your hand. And when I started Noom about eight months ago, at first, yeah, I lost about 17 pounds. I usually don't have a problem with that part. What I struggle with is keeping it off because I have an all-or-nothing attitude. But Noom gave me the tools to understand why I would take the all-or-nothing approach and helped me realize that enjoying a burrito wasn't the end of the world. So I've developed a new relationship with food, and I've been able to maintain my health for the past six months without yo-yoing. And I've had no guilt, and I get to enjoy the food that I love. Plus, my personal fitness coach on Noom, along with the amazing community of users, provides significant support. Noom is designed for results, so it's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash A-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash A-G to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom.com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. And now, we have turned the news into a quiz for our panelists. Are you ready for just the facts? Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I feel like I'm in an episode of SVU. <laughs> Was that the soundboard? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julissa, you're first. Which Trump fixer has signaled, no, excuse me, signed a proffer deal? Not signaled, he signed a proffer deal with Cy Vance, the Manhattan District Attorney. That's a fucking essential question, AG. It's uh, Michael Cohen, of course. Yes, it's fucking essential. Fucking essential. That's right, Michael Cohen. In recent weeks, according to some sick-ass sources, I call them my sick-ass sources, Cohen has been meeting with the Manhattan District Attorney and he signed a proffer deal, bomb-ass proffer, mm-hmm. with prosecutors related to their investigation of the Trump Organization falsifying business records. That's the story that came out. I tweeted, oh, they're, you know, he's signing a proffer deal about the hush money payments. Somebody corrected me and said, this isn't about the hush money payments, it's about business records. And I said, dude, it's about the hush money payments. <laughs> and the New York Times confirmed that. Uh, they relate to the hush money payments for Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. We know from Cohen's testimony that Trump Organization called the reimbursement of Cohen uh, legal fees, right? When he took out a HELOC on his house to pay off the porn star and the playmate. And falsifying business documents is against the law in New York, huh? So it's important to remember that the Manhattan DA is not bound by the Office of Legal Counsel memo that disallows indictment of a sitting president. Fucking essential. I love it. Call me Tish. Dude, she needs her own podcast already, man. She's too busy, though, man. She's got a podcast? No, she needs one. Yeah, she's deep in that paperwork, though. Shit. Yeah. You know Trump's going to call her unqualified. Low <laughs> you can IQ. Tell. 
Yeah, he's yeah. gonna call her low IQ. He no, definitely but will. That's yeah, she literally like he's met his match with her. Mm, yeah, right. She's mm-hmm. the one. And us, all of us. Sure. He's met his match. We'll take them down one by one. All right. I'm ready. There's a. Ooh. Do you mm. see it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, a fly? It's a Russian spy. Yeah, yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. It's a drone. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Yes. This is an oddly worded question, but I like it. Which goddamn hero could be indicted by Bill Barr's Justice Department for lacking candor? Andrew McBabe. Yep. Yes. Andy McBabe is the correct answer. <laughs> Sorry, Jill. You know I love you. A few weeks ago, we got a story from the New York Times that McCabe's lawyers had met with the U.S. Attorney in D.C., Jesse Liu, and the Deputy Attorney General, Jeff Rosen, which led us to believe they were going to indict him. Uh, Then yesterday, we learned from from the Department of Justice, mind you, that uh, the DOJ had authorized prosecutors to seek an indictment against McCabe. However, according to Spencer Sue of the Washington Post, The disclosure to the media comes as a federal grand jury investigating McCabe was suddenly recalled this week after months, uh, like a months-long hiatus, but the panel left with no immediate signs of an indictment. And that's a sign that they may have balked or otherwise, you know, uh, required prosecutors to regroup. We reported August 26th that two prosecutors had already quit the case uh, for how it was being handled, and I think they tried to push the indictment after it was announced that Comey would not be prosecuted for leaking his memos to the media. Uh, We should remember that Jesse Liu, the U.S. attorney here, lost the prosecution against Democratic lobbyist Greg Craig for the same kind of charge, and I'm not sure why she's going along with this when there's no case, in my opinion. Mm. No case. And and it's interesting because we found out today, like breaking news at like 7.30, I got a a text from, uh, oh, let's see. Let's bring it up, shall we? (laughs) This This was a little weird. Uh, no, you got my phone. <laughs> David Priest, uh, oh, cool. guy who used to brief Mueller every day. Yeah, he's got that book, uh, How to Get Rid of a President. Yeah, it's yeah, a good, it's a great book. <laughs> so he wanted to let, make sure that I knew that there was apparently a whistleblower who found urgent and, and crazy conduct at the IC uh, at the, in the intelligence community. And it didn't specify, you know, what in the intelligence community. But... You're supposed to, as the, as the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, who's acting now because Dan Coates left August 15th, uh, you're supposed to you have 10 days to tell um, when, you know, when the IC, when the Intelligence Community Inspector General tells you about an urgent thing. You have 10 days to inform the Intelligence Committees in Congress, and this guy didn't do it. And now Adam Schiff is subpoenaing the information from the whistleblower from, from this guy, McGuire, uh, who's the acting... Fuckface. And Acting fuckface. <laughs> That's such a good term for like anyone in the Trump administration right now. <laughs> That's the make- name of this episode now. Exactly. Acting fuckface. Ex- Acting fuckface. <laughs> Writing it down. Right Write it now. down. Acting fuckface. Aside from the waste of taxpayer dollars to go through with that case, though, as, as if they go through with it, though, and then he's not convicted that's that's a win i think for it is it's, it's, a it's huge obviously win. a win but it but it's like a it's a nonpartisan win as well whereas yeah, if they never brought it in the first place right and then, i'm not saying yeah. that this whistleblower and the miss you know the the urgent fucked up shit at the in the intelligence community has to do with the mccabe indictment 
but I'm gonna put some beans on it. <laughs> Pour some beans <laughs> on it. What kind of bean? Thank you. Nice, nice. Uh, Amanda, which ethics watchdog group's lawsuit against Donald Trump for emoluments violations was revived today? That was the Citizens for Responsible for Responsibility in Ethics, or CREW, based in Washington. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, that was on behalf of people who worked in the hospitality industry, so restaurant workers and hotel workers and other people who feel like they were unfairly impacted by uh, the Trump organization's business with governments yeah. and foreign governments. That's yep. incredible. Crew is Crew is such a cool organization. I remember hearing about them when they were like uh, investigating police brutality in New York or something. Mm-hmm. I just think they're incredible. This yeah. is the second time I heard of it. They me. won their appeal. They're, oh, cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. They're awesome. And I, I, I really want, um, like, I'm thinking of maybe driving to Vermont and taking the bar exam. Oh. Because you don't have to have a JD to, get, to take the bar exam in Vermont. And then I was thinking about getting that you know, bar exam and then trying to work for crew. <laughs> but maybe I should just go to law school and suck it up. <laughs> So, yeah, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. They filed suit in January 2017. Richard Painter mentioned that suit. Remember Richard Painter impeached the motherfucker? Remember that guy? <laughs> I love that guy. A Republican, he says. I don't believe it. I, don't I mean, either. he's, he's a, a Reagan Republican. Which yeah, but now he talks, like, more radically left than... Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely a liberal. He's a closeted liberal oh, is yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really is, and it just comes out in bursts of like, impeach him! I I embrace it, hell yeah, call yourself whatever you want. He's got impeachment Tourette's. But yeah, this group of, they represented this group of businesses, just like uh, you were saying, Amanda, they they had lost foreign government customers to the Trump organization, saying Trump... And domestic government. Yeah, it's saying Trump violated, yeah, but the emoluments clauses for foreign government only, but yes, also to that... Uh, you know, because he has an unfair advantage because he can offer favorable treatment on behalf of the government, which he has, and we know it. Yeah. Jaleesa. What which, up? Which, cro- which crooked former national security advisor had a hearing this week in which former Mueller prosecutor who now leads the Department of Justice's FARA Enforcement Unit told the judge they may refile the government's sentencing recommendation... <laughs> Okay, when you said crooked national security advisor, I was like, there were like four of them, right? But I'm gonna go with the first one. Michael Flynn, what yep. is Michael Flynn? You're right. Okay. That is correct, and God help us if Lou Dobbs becomes the next <laughs> national security advisor. He was seen canoodling with Trump at the White House over the weekend. They're inseparable, yeah. It's a Mean Girls reference, right? Yes, Thank it was. you for that. <laughs> Hell yes. She doesn't sure. even go here. <laughs> um, however many Mean Girls references I can get in, it's a good night. Um, it's a full moon. You never know. It's true. Is it Friday a full moon 13th. tonight? It is. Have you read your Ooh. horoscope? It's intense, dude. It's yeah, a full really? moon, a harvest yeah. moon, and it's Friday the 13th. And Heck wow. Yeah. It's spooky, and I like it. Are Super there any vicious motherfuckers? It was like when you did Golf Day at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, my boyfriend and I were at Disneyland and we didn't know it was goth day, so we, <laughs> we were just walking around like, all right, this is cool, but uh, this is weird. This, what? <laughs> the Haunted Mansion line was like five hours long. And, and it, was, <laughs> it was the best. Go goths. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, you are correct. It's Michael Flynn. He appears to be attempting to blow up his plea agreement, and probably he doesn't care because he thinks he's going to get a pardon. During the September 10th hearing this week, Flynn's crackpot Mueller conspiracy lawyer buttface told the judge they intend to prove Flynn's prosecution was tainted by egregious government misconduct. As we know... Flynn fired his legal team over the summer, to which we immediately responded that we thought he was going to withdraw his guilty plea. And people called me crazy. People called us crazy females, because, we, you know, clearly we need to calm down. Uh, he was just switching out for less expensive lawyers, because sentencing was all he had left. He was, you know, we should calm down, ladies. Calm well, the tits, yeah. <laughs> then we learned that he hired Sidney Powell, a Fox News contributor, Mueller hater, founder of Creeps on a Mission, asserting that Mueller and his angry Democrats are part of a coup. What she is up with them in coups, dude? I think it's like uh, the chicken part is silent. They're, <laughs> they're secretly calling us chickens. Yeah. <laughs> so the, N- the NRA is also mostly just Wayne LaPierre, but he's True. always obsessed with coups, too. They, they are. Always, they always cry coup, dude. What's up with that? They want to crack the coup. Just the most insecure motherfuckers. Yeah, it's projection. Yeah. I think they're the coups. They're the fucking chickens. Yeah. I agree. Fuck you. <laughs> I agree. Not you, Jordan. I love you. <laughs> Here's how tired I am. I just touched my paper script to try to move this text down. So Sydney Powell is publicly, you know, she's in the past, she's publicly called for Flynn to change his plea, uh, and she's asked Trump to pardon him on several occasions. And now we've seen her Brady filing. <clears throat> and that's the, you know, the shit that she says, the government has exculpatory evidence about my client, and they haven't turned it over, and it's classified. I need a clearance to read it. She's just fucking crazy. And she lists 40 things that she wants, and it's basically an... It's all of the underlying Mueller evidence and Mueller material, grand jury <laughs> stuff, that the Congress can't even fucking get their hands on. She wants it, uh, and, and I think this is an attempt to prove the entire case against Flynn was politically motivated, even though this is, Flynn is not being charged with anything other than just he lied to the fucking FBI. He lied to the FBI. He talked to Kislyak, and he fucking lied about it. That's, that's pretty what, big. <laughs> it, it is, but that's, that, none of this. You don't need a security clearance for the evidence that he fucking lied to the FBI. You just need the 302s where he fucking lied to the FBI. That's all you need. And she wants all this shit, and it... She calls it exculpatory material. It needs to be handed over. I think she's in it for herself and Trump. I think she talked Flynn into withdrawing his guilty plea, promising him a pardon so she can get her hands on the underlying Mueller evidence. Yeah. Hand it over to Trump. Yeah. They what does she spin look it. like? They want to spin it before we get it. They Have wanna... we seen a picture of her yet? I yeah. don't think I've seen a picture of her. Have you seen it? She's milk toast. Cunt. Okay. I'm just curious. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What was the first word? Milk toast. Milk toast. That went over my head too. I was just like, I trust you, AG, but what the fuck is milk toast? <laughs> it means it's a menopause bland. word. Don't okay. worry about it. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get there someday. It just means bland, plain, and ordinary. I yeah, oh, I don't even it. mean like I want to make fun of her appearance. I'm just curious about who this fucking human being is that exists in this world that is making this argument. That's it. Blows my mind. Yeah, Google her face. I'm gonna Stupid. Google the fuck out of her face. <laughs> You better believe Google alerts for her face. <laughs> I have a question that you may not know the answer to. Sorry. Awesome. I love you. <laughs> if there's lawyers in the crowd that know, you can just shout out the answer. Yeah. 
I just made an executive call on that. Give, we'll me, a, give, me, turns out. give me a shot at it first, <laughs> yeah. though. I'm going to take the bar yes. exam in Vermont. <laughs> when, when you withdraw a guilty plea, do you have to cross any threshold of having a good reason to do so with the court? The court has to approve it. Oh. Judge has to approve it. Am I right, lawyers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think lawyer over there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't think Sullivan's gonna let that shit happen. I don't think he's gonna. I still believe in the justice system, or you know what? I'll call it the legal system. There's not a whole lot of justice, but I still believe in it for some reason. I have faith. It's working. It's just slow AF. It's really fucked, but you know it's better than what they want, and you know who I mean by they. <laughs> well, Felicity Huffman got 14 days today. Boy, I hope she can rebuild her life after that. Now that's fucked up. Oh my god, thank you. Give it up for Jason. <laughs> 14 days. Yeah, same as Papa Dop. There is literally, there are people out there who are in jail for like over a decade for enrolling their kids in a different school district. And right. I've been enrolled in a different school district just to get to a better school. Are, those people, are those people white and rich by any chance? My mom is not white. <laughs> No, the people She's who not are in, rich. But, oh, no, the, the people, people who that, are in jail for ten no, years. No, not at all. But just the fact that that's a thing that they can do, it blows my mind. And then the fact that you can easily just not do it too. I'm like, then why the fuck did you do it to begin with? Like, this is—it's a legal system. It's not a justice system. It's just—it's meant to be tweaked as they please. And it's like capitalism. It's like the highest bidder gets the win. Yeah, man. It's yeah. fucked. Yeah. Well, there are. Like, there's like <laughs> yeah. white sentencing guidelines and then POC exactly. sentencing guidelines. Well, yes. that was it. That, and, and the judge actually said that to her. Uh, when she was doing her thing, she said she felt bad and everything. He gave her 14 days. And he actually said to her, you'll be able to rebuild your life and put it back together after this. It reminds me... I know what she did is not as grotesque as what like someone like maybe Brock Turner did, but the same idea of white privilege applies across the board, it seems, where you can get away with things that, that someone that was just a little darker than you could not. And that is like the only difference. And it blows my, to this day, it still blows my mind. That's, they say things like, oh, you have a good family, or I think you meant well. And if that applied to like, African-Americans or Mexican-Americans or Native Americans or Asian-Americans, then this would be a different country. We probably wouldn't even have a podcast if that was the case. Yeah. We're so fucked. But thank you guys for coming out. <laughs> Jaleesa, if a... <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's like a wealth threshold you have to cross to even commit those crimes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> J- Jaleesa, yeah. if it you have to have a you have to have a FICO over seven hundred and <laughs> yeah you know they make you take a quiz. It's true. That's true. All right, uh, let's see here. What do we got? Oh, Jordan, which committee passed impeachment hearing rules on Thursday? The House Judiciary Committee. Yes. Yes, the House Judiciary passed new committee rules for impeachment hearings on Thursday, and the House Dems tweeted, the House Judiciary is engaged in an investigation that will allow us to determine whether to recommend articles of impeachment. Some call this process an impeachment inquiry. Some call it an impeachment investigation. There is no legal difference between these terms. They followed that up with, we are considering all Article I remedies to presidential misconduct, including articles of impeachment. And we were gonna have a confetti cannon and a balloon drop (laughs) and champagne, and we were gonna toast, but 
The Department of Justice apparently says you can only call it impeachment if it comes from the impeachment region of France. They filed a 40-page brief with the federal court declaring brief? that... Sorry, 40 pages is not brief. I'm sorry. I just had to point that out. It is for law. Okay. Fair enough. A 40-page brief. That's why they called it a briefcase. Did you know that? Okay. <laughs> I did not. Oh. <laughs> My dad just kept porn in his briefcase, so I didn't know what the fuck it was called a briefcase for. Yeah, I thought it was just for, like, dirty men on the go. Right, just a brief... That's amazing. I heard a comedian say one time, like he sees somebody carrying a briefcase, he wonders if there's a rape kit in there. And what he was talking about was like duct tape and rope and stuff. I'm like, do you know what a rape kit is? Totally different. You don't have backed Not up that kind rope of rape kits. And you think labs. they put together rape kits that yeah. you can purchase? We gotta <laughs> educate the people, AG. This is very oh, bad. Oh, man. Anyway, they filed a 40-page brief with federal court declaring the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment inquiry is not actually an impeachment inquiry. Matt Gates during the hearing said, I call this impeachment in drag because you're dressing it up to be something it's not. No. That's what Matt Ooh. fucking Milkshake Gates said. Wow. And the D- Department of Justice is attempting to block the release of the Mueller grand jury materials. This is an unprecedented act, literally, it's never happened, and as the top law enforcement agency is attempting to block Congress from carrying out their Article I constitutional powers. The Department of Justice is attempting to seize the split Dem caucus and Pelosi's statements and cite them, the statements she made yesterday, as early as yesterday, saying the House was not even close to an impeachment inquiry. They also note that Nadler has said as recently as June that the committee was not conducting an impeachment inquiry. Uh, and we have said that if the court decides, we've said this when we had Renato Mariotti up, I think we were in Chicago, uh, if the court decides not to hand over the grand jury materials on the, you know, on the recommendation of the Department of Justice based on uh, the allegations that they put in their brief, they're not so brief brief, <laughs> then Nadler will have a reason to press Pelosi and the rest of the caucus to move forward with an impeachment inquiry resolution. Amanda, we learned this week that the CIA had to organize a super sneaky operation to exfiltrate a spy, in part because Trump is a dipshit. It's always in part of him being a dipshit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he doesn't know how to handle classified intelligence. Uh, What country was that spy from? Could it be Russia? I know, it's a giveaway, right? No, Israel. Was it Canada? No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, He was not Mossad, but... Yes, so this guy, whose name we now know, uh, it wasn't, who were we thinking it was? Oh, we were like wondering if it was Mifsud. Right. It's not. It's, it's, his name's been released. It's out there. I'm not going to say it, because, ha <laughs> um, It's not Igor, right? No. <laughs> Is it Igor? It's a rando. It's okay. a rando. Okay, it's a rando. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, and, and this was nuts, because the first report that came out on this said that the the reason that they tried to get him out of there was because Trump had, you know, told Kislyak in the Oval Office that, you know, the, the, about ISIS in Syria, which was Israeli intelligence, and he wasn't supposed to do that. And everyone was like, fuck, we better get our spy out of the Kremlin. And they went to apparently try to exfiltrate him. He's like, nah, I'm cool. 
And I'm like, <laughs> all right. But apparently that first thing, then reporting came out correcting that, saying that that actually happened before. Uh, and his, he, might, he might just be aging out, is what they call it, you know, for spies. <laughs> Um, aging out of spying. Aging like. out, not necessarily like getting older, but b- because you know your cover is, you can only maintain that kind of cover That's true. inside the Kremlin be fresh for, for so long. For yeah. so long, yeah. yeah. It's like you know, eventually your jokes just sound rehearsed in my, you know. That's <laughs> if you're on Facebook, you're not the best spy. That's yeah. fair. That's you can only true. be driving around like Valerie Plame in her new candidacy right. commercial <laughs> unnoticed <laughs> for so long. Have you seen that video? Yeah. It's freaking sick, dude. She is such a... They, yeah, it's badass. It's cool. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'm sorry. <sighs> cool. How do we feel about her? Okay. 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 All right. Good <laughs> Just to know. one laugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. We all know who she is now. <laughs> so I, I get like a, maybe that was like her thought process. Like, well, yes. they fucking know me now. I better run for Congress. <laughs> Oh, and, and this was a fun story. We covered this on The Beans yesterday. It's not even in my script. I just wanted to tell you about it because it's funny. Do you remember when, because uh, Julissa wasn't on that show, you remember when Trump said, referred to that guy as his African-American? I will never forget <laughs> in my life. Hashtag never forget. That guy left, were you going to say it? Yep. He left the Republican Party. He did. He's running as an independent for Congress in 2020. <laughs> he I had mean, enough of Trump shit. What, is, what did you think when you read that headline? What? What crossed your mind when you read that headline? That's fucking awesome. Cool. I thought, why the fuck did you support Trump to begin with? I still, I don't understand it. I talk to black people, my fellow African Americans. I, I know I've talked to black independents or libertarians and they tell me, they're like, oh yeah, but unemployment for black people is the lowest it's ever been. I'm like, bro, that's Obama. I'm sorry, I know that Trump is telling you that Obama did shit for us, <laughs> but that was Obama, because we came into a recession. It's, obviously I'm talking to white people right now, but like, <laughs> I just, I think it's so sad With cream that, cheese on their hot dogs. <laughs> you guys know, but like, no, this particular guy, he was very misinformed in, in terms of Trump makes it seem like he, he takes credit for everything. Anything yeah, that's well, good. I mean, honestly, there were a lot of people who voted for Trump who who didn't realize or know that he was didn't know about his racist past, and then sure, they learned sure. about it, and then but he keeps now, saying a bunch of racist shit. And what then do you they, say now? Well, th- he's left. He told him to fuck exactly. off. Exactly, and that's what everyone should fucking do. <laughs> if anyone stays with Trump right now, they are the new Nazis. They are literally neo-Nazis. They're not just like apologists. They are Nazis. And do what you want with them. I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, get rid of them. I don't All care. Right. I don't care. Well, <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that. On that light note. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And as you know, news and politics are my passion. And I spend about 60 hours a week steeped in the news about this corrupt administration. And it can get pretty stressful and really frustrating. But I want to tell you about this new escape I found. It's a a no-stress, adorable puzzle game called Best Fiends. And it's totally casual. You don't need to be a gamer to play. Trust me, I'm 45. Pong is about as technical as I get. But this last console I had was the NES. But this game, on the other hand, it's super fun. It's very relaxing. Basically, you collect fiends with different powers and you can level them up so it's way more like there's a lot of strategy you know it's not just like pong it's 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 
amazing, it's relaxing, it's competitive, but not stressful. And I hopped on for an hour the other night. It was like meditating. I made it to level 21 and I collected a bunch of cute characters. And they basically assist me in destroying the evil slugs that have taken over the planet, which I like to imagine are the Mitch McConnells and Jared Kushners of the world. And it's unique. There's no pressure. It's not timed, so there's no anxiety. And it's more like a service than a game. You don't have to take my word for it. It got five stars on the Apple App Store and Google Play, and it's been downloaded over 100 million times globally. It's a simple match three puzzle game, but there is a strategy, so you can get super engaged or you can just play casually if you want. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters too. Five star rated mobile game on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Download free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, best fiends. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. On that note, ready for this segue? Yes. There isn't one. It's time to play the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm gonna be indicted! No, wait, it's gonna be okay. Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! Honey. I'm gonna be indicted! Hold it, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down, I'm gonna be indicted! Mm. Yeah, yeah. You guys seen Fun with Dick and Jane? You guys watched that movie? Yes. Yeah? Yeah? Hi, I like it. I thought it was cute. Yeah, it was a good, it's a good mix. Yeah, and yeah. it helps us not get sued by the NFL. <laughs> Very important, yes. Because now we're doing parody. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 um, like Jim Carrey. I, I could be totally wrong. I don't know. What, if, I, if they asked me that on the bar exam, I would they get They got bigger fish to fry. They're yeah. working with Jay-Z right now. They don't have time for us. <laughs> uh, they have Antonio Brown to worry about right now. <laughs> That's true. You just pull a Donald Trump Jr. say you didn't know it wasn't okay. Oh, there you go. Yes, then you'll Mince be fine. Yes, yes. I will, I will. I'll be like, hey, I didn't know. Why do they call it mens rea? Is it because, like, men use it the most? I don't know. <laughs> That's stupid. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> Latin jokes. All right. Uh, Julissa, you get to go first this week. Oh. This is for Fantasy Indictment League? Okay, I will. I'm still betting on this. I hope it doesn't go away. Alan fucking Dershowitz. Thank you. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Don't literally fuck that guy. Jesus Christ. That's the problem. He can keep it's, his underwear on. He'll keep his underwear on, but just... <clears throat> the briefcase. Not good yeah, the briefcase. <laughs> Where does Alan Dershowitz keep his underwear? <laughs> In briefcase. All right, sorry. We need to um, inspect that briefcase. Niche market for that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan? Yes. Yes, Tom Barrick. I'm so predictable. Every goddamn week, dude, until this guy goes down. It's yeah. coming. I feel it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Nader. Okay. Yeah, gross. Gross fucker. Yep, yep. How fucking disgusting must you be to forget you have child porn on your phone? <laughs> like, he didn't forget, dude. You don't think he forgot? You fuck think he no, just didn't, he didn't care? forget, dude? Yeah, what it, the it, it, fuck? It was probably a favorite folder. There's no way that he doesn't. <laughs> There's yeah. no way you forget that. That is not okay. The favorites no. folder. It's, it's <laughs> not Jaleesa. okay. I will take Trump victory. Dang it. It's so ironic. I'm betting there's something sketchy about it. Why Jordan. call yourself premature? Um, Jizz Lane. Love <laughs> in the Jizz Lane. Yeah. Highway to hell. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Pecker. I, if you guys don't know where that's from, I used to, there was, used to be a movie called Pecker. 
And there used to be a thing called movie phone. Do you remember it? Hello, thank you for calling movie phone. And I called it like a hundred times when Pecker came out, just so he, I could, cause he would go, you've selected Pecker. On that same note of really gross stuff that's bound to come out, I will take superseding for Brody, please. Brody. My ex-boyfriend, which I never agreed to. AG, AG got to pick the best boyfriends. I know, she gets McCabe. She's got McBain. I, I assigned boyfriends. Well, I, I wonder who I would pick You got if Brody, I you got Nunez, and yeah. I got McCabe. But who, who, who would you pick if you, if you could choose? I would pick a Tro- Trudeau. I think, mm. yeah, Trudeau is, is a good boyfriend to have. Yeah, who would you go with? No one in the U.S.? Anyone, or like any, anyone. Any, mm. I'm gonna say... Okay. Because I Melania's got him. Yeah. Okay. I only date men that I think uh, I need to change, so... So Trump. Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And for the record, I don't really date men, guys. Sorry. Are you, are you, did you say Trump? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Wait, sure. This is not going to be carried on past. No, I right won't be now, carried well. Right? No. right? Cool. It's on the internet now. Cool. No, but that's your fantasy indictment pick? Oh, sorry. No, I thought we were talking about who we were on a date. Okay. Um. <laughs> Still a bad choice, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm telling everyone. Okay, sorry. Uh, all right, I'm going to do Trump inaugural. Good, good, good. I know, just consistency. Oh, you I'm know it's coming. Pace. All right, I'm gonna pick uh, a guy named Andy Kajawa. Kajoa, ooh. Uh, he's uh, a Broidy, Trump inaugural, cutter-connected fuckface. Yeah. Wait, how do you spell his last name? K-A-G-O-A. K-H-A-Jawa. Okay, I wasn't too far Jawa? off. Jawa? J-A-W-A. Jabawaki. Thank you. Oh, you're writing them down too? Oh, cool. Oh, oh. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> I'm getting like, whiplash. Yeah, I quit. Mm. <laughs> Jaleesa. Okay. Um, I'm at four. Yep. Right. I'll take yes, a yeah. I'll take a random Igor, specifically Igor in their name. It can be their middle name, All their, right. their nickname. <laughs> Jordan. Uh, okay, let's do um, just a rando. Okay. Rando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. general. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go with Weisel. No, yep, Weiselberg. Weiselberg's good. Yeah. J- uh, Jaleesa. Mm, wow. Um, this is good. Okay. I will take Brittany Kaiser because fuck yes, right? Have you guys seen the, the documentary yet? Only a few of you guys. You gotta watch that. Fuck it's really good. What's it's it really called good. again? I um, forget. The Great Hack. The Great Hack. The Great yeah, Hack. Yeah, yeah. Really good. It'll blow your fucking mind. Seriously, watch it. Uh, Jordan. <laughs> um, AMI. Ugh! <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Fine, I'm gonna go with calamari. <laughs> and that is how we play the Fantasy Indictment League. Yeah. And now it's time for the interview, and I couldn't be more excited about our guest today, election security advocate, writer, attorney, nasty woman, and all-around badass. Please welcome Jennifer Cohn.
you. Thank you. Hi. How are you? Welcome. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I love your fancy chair. I love my fancy chair, too. It's very tall. Yes. Of all the venues we've been to, this is the best fancy chair that we've had. <laughs> it's a draft Give chair. it up for the triple door, guys. Yep, Hell yeah. Door. Oh, hootie owls. So, Jennifer, you have an amazing piece out now in Medium, on Medium about uh, America's electronic voting system, and you open with the line, we can't fix that which we don't understand. And you've been very outspoken. You've been an outspoken advocate on election security with a sharp focus on educating the public with the tools we need to address the problems. And would you be so kind as to educate us on the six key points we need to be informed of uh, so we can be informed advocates of election security and go forth and spread the good news? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Do you want me to do sort of a ticker of what the seven are, or should we just go through them one by one? Yeah, we can start with centralization if you want. Sure. So we've often been told that our election system is too decentralized to allow an um, outcome-altering hack. And the truth is that our system is actually very centralized in an incredibly dangerous way. And what I mean is that just two voting machine vendors account for over 80% of U.S. election equipment. Um, so those two vendors, their names are ESNS and Dominion Voting, and um, ESNS is 44% of U.S. election equipment, Dominion Voting is about 37%, and the concern is that if there are corrupt insiders at either of these vendors, or um, if either vendor is infiltrated, it could cause, wreak havoc on an election throughout the United States. ESNS alone, I believe, is in about 40 states, at least, um, by which I mean some counties have at least some of their equipment in their state. So it's an incredibly dangerous situation. Yeah, definitely. And, and now, how about, the, you were talking about, you mentioned briefly, the corrupt insiders. Could this corruption and consolidation have anything to do with maybe what happened in North Carolina? Um, you know, possibly. So one thing that's really frustrating with election security work is everyone is paying attention now to it because of Russia. And Russia is a huge concern, but you do sort of have that um, Jan Brady, Russia, 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 because there is very much a concern with corrupt insiders. And um, so with, well, with North Carolina, the ninth district election, we know that the, the GOP already cheated in that, um, in that district uh, the last time around, which is why we had this this new election, so and I think... And it's also highly a gerrymandered district. In fact, the federal right. courts just told them they had to draw their maps again, but they had to use the old maps for this. Yeah, yeah that's, that's correct. And this was a really important election, too, because um, the way it turned out, it was uh, Dan McCready against Dan Bishop, and Dan Bishop is the, um, the bathroom legislation guy, the one who didn't want transgender people to be yeah. able to use the bathroom of their choice. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, and he has, he has a lot in common with Trump. He calls the, he refers to the media as the jihad media. He, um, he's talked about criminalizing protesters. So he's the one who won this election and the GOP had already cheated, so it lost really to the extent it was entitled to any benefit of the doubt, which I don't think anybody is entitled to the benefit of the doubt in an election. Um, they had lost that, but yes, there are some red flags there. There were, um, for one thing, on Rachel Maddow's show, um, some, of, some of my followers and some, just some people on Twitter noticed that um, the Democrat, Dan McCready's vote total went down. So between, uh, but not just the percentage, I mean, but the actual number of votes, which should never happen unless there is um, either fraud or error. So between 52% and 55%, suddenly it started going backwards. That doesn't prove anything. It could be, have been a mistake on the part of whoever gave the numbers to the Rachel Maddow show, but it's, there's been an article written up on it and no comment yet from, from their show. Mm. Um, 
the other thing that was sort of anomalous about this election is that um, McCready, the first go around, the one where there was the cheating, he actually got, um, well, well, it came down to Robeson County. Is this one county really apparently was the decisive county in the election that cost the Democrat the, the seat. And in 2018, when they did it the first time around, the Democrat got 15 um, percentage points higher than the Republican. But this time, the Republican, just a year later, um, came within one percentage point. And this is, in a, this is in a county that is 60% uh, Democrat to 13% Republican. So that's... What the wow. fuck, then? I, yeah. I know. It's, it's kind of crazy. And the, the thing is, their main voting machine vendor is uh, ESNS. It's the, that 44% voter vendor. Um, it was a... Most of the Republican votes have been... Or shift in votes have been attributed to this one Native American tribe, the Lumbee Indians. So those are minority voters, and ESNS has a very um, scary track record with losing votes from minority neighborhoods. And this is something that's actually made the headlines. It's been reported in Bloomberg. It was even um, discussed on the Rachel Maddow show that they have their machines are literally losing votes from black neighborhoods. Um, wow. So yes, I, at, at, the only way to know if an electronic outcome has been rigged is to compare the paper, if there is any. And I, um, Ideally, it would be hand-marked paper ballots, but to compare that against the electronic total, and the problem we have in the United States is that that rarely occurs. So even when you have paper, and North Carolina is a mixed bag, including in this last election, mm -hmm. um, no one really ever does that comparison, or if they do it, they do it in a very cursory fashion. So Yeah. Why, why do you think there's such a reluctance to just do all paper? What, what is that? To do, because paper ballots, if they had that, right, that you'd be able to do what you're just talking about. Why do you think there's such a reluctance to do that? Um, I think a lot of it is it's corruption, um, largely coming from the voting machine vendors. They, yeah. make a, they make a lot more money. They make a lot more money with the um, expensive touchscreen style voting machines. And so they have historically really... It's lobbying, yeah. It's lobbying, right. And so people tend to think that corruption has tainted every other aspect of our government, but many of us were raised to believe that we have these great elections in the United States, and unfortunately that was um, a lie. Corruption has really tainted our election system. Thank you. At least for the last 15 years, yeah. Seriously, and, yeah. And when we talk about paper ballots, you, you, sure. you bring up a good point in your article uh, that vendors are lying and misleading us about the term paper ballots. Um, can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So the vendors have... Um, a really alarming history, in particular ESNS, of just outright lying about election security. So just very quickly, they lied about saying that they didn't have remote access um, software installed in their equipment. That proved to be a lie. They lied about internet connectivity. And then they also use just sort of um, deception and deceptive marketing. And so lately what they did, because all of these election security experts were calling for paper ballots, they decided to redefine the term because there isn't a legal term for paper ballots. And so what they redefined it to include, so now it includes not just traditional hand-marked paper ballots, which can't be hacked, but also very much hackable machine-marked summary cards with barcodes on them that come from these really expensive touchscreen style, they call them ballot marking devices, but they're just like what we've seen before, the touchscreen voting machines. Mm -hmm. They make the vendors a lot more money than traditional hand-marked paper ballots but they cost about two to three times as much. Um, so they call computers essentially a ballot marking device? Well, no, they do, they do generate a piece, a piece of paper. It's a summary card and it has a barcode. The only part counted as your vote is the, is the barcode, which voters can't read. Um, and then yeah. they often say, well, there's also this human readable text next to it, but the problem with that is that studies have already shown that most voters don't actually look at that text 
And even if some of them do and notice a problem, the concern is always going to be the ones who don't. And that's really the same situation we've seen in Mississippi recently. I don't know if you, if you heard, but there were um, touchscreen voting machines. They were paperless. But you could see on the screen that the votes kept defaulting to the wrong candidate. And yes. that's happened in Georgia and Texas as well. And it really won't be, it's, it's really common sense. It won't be any better if that happens on the paper trail. It'll just make people think they have security because they've got a paper trail, but what about um, the voters who don't notice if there are these machine-marked um, flips or deletions right. on the paper trail? And then you have a paper trail will result in a, a fraudulent paper trail will result in a fraudulent audit and a fraudulent recount. So what is the solution then? Because I've heard paper ballots can be in the right direction, but it sounds like they have their own problems. As the, well, no, I think the hand-marked paper ballots Right, is you the have solution. to, anytime okay. you talk about um, paper ballots, you have to add that hand-marked prefix. The, the only exception should be for voters with disabilities. They should be allowed to use ballot marking devices, but there's no reason for anybody to have to deal with this type of barcode voting system. Mm -hmm. um, so... So, I mean, part of the solution is, is hand-marked paper ballots. That's really just sort of the first step. And so as we're seeing, so for example, Robeson County, I believe, in North Carolina does use hand-marked paper ballots, but um, if, you don't, if nobody actually manually counts or manually audits those hand-marked paper ballots, it doesn't do you any good. And so we're sort of a quick-fix country, and we need to really, it's, it's not that complicated, but there are, you know, like five or six things sort of that need to be done. And really the first step is getting that hand-marked prefix on there, but that is not sufficient. It's just necessary. Yeah. And can you um, maybe clear up the confusion for us over competing election security bills? Sure. So I think it's really important that people understand sort of the, the history of corruption with these vendors, the lies that they tell. Um, they have a shady past, too, which I don't think we have much time to get into. But the reason why is I'm very worried that the American public is about to get scammed with a bad election security bill. And there are two bills sitting in the Senate right now. Um, one of them is good. It's the SAFE Act. It used to be called the PAVE Act. Ron Wyden is the one who primarily wrote it. It's already passed the House. It, um, it would ban these barcode voting systems. It requires a, a really robust type of manual audit called a risk-limiting audit. It has a lot of, uh, it would ban internet connectivity. But the problem is there are no Republicans who signed on to it so far. And the bill that actually has some Republican traction was um, devised by Amy Klobuchar. Char, right? <laughs> no, not Char. Klobuchar. Um, and that one has some bipartisan traction, but it doesn't do any of those things I just mentioned. So it would allow these barcode voting systems that the vendors and election officials and even Amy Klobuchar, uh, misleadingly <laughs> call uh, paper ballot systems. And it's, it's really a fraud on the public. It would, the, the Secure Elections Act that is bipartisan, it would not require robust manual audits. It would allow sort of dog and pony show audits. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would ban internet connectivity or remote access. And so it's really important to understand that if you're going to call your um, senators, which you should, by the way, you should absolutely yeah. call your senators, but you want to advocate the SAFE Act, and then not only that, um, you need to be just a tiny bit substantive with it. Say the phrase hand-marked paper ballots and say you don't want barcodes and say you want robust manual audits as well. Fuck Jennifer, yes. Can Sorry. I ask you a question? Um, <laughs> sure. So I'm Canadian for any of you who don't know that. And, um, I'm, and I've only ever voted on paper ballots. And I'm curious, is it most American states or like most of the U.S. that uses an electronic voting system? Well... 
70% of the United States does use hand-marked paper ballots. Um, that is not to say that we hand count like most of, like Canada does for its federal elections. There are only a few places that do hand count, but they do exist. So New Hampshire, about 40% of New Hampshire does complete hand counting, which wow. sort of, I mean, you can screw that up too, obviously, but <laughs> it, it's hard to do it in as, um, you don't have to worry about foreign adversaries, and it's hard to do it in as systematic of a fashion because you don't have machines that are centrally programmed at the counties or states like you do with electronic voting. So 70% use hand-marked paper ballots, but most of those are counted. When I say that, most of them are counted on scanners, so there's still right. electronics involved. Very, very few do hand counting. And then the other 30%, which has always been the problem, they, for the most part, have used touchscreen voting machines. Some of them are paperless. Some of them have this, like, crap uh, paper trail. Um, and then the problem is that they're flocking to these new barcode systems. It's, it's that same 30% that we've, we've always had to worry about are flocking to the barcode systems instead of hand-marked paper ballots, which, again, are necessary, not sufficient. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. And can you clear up the... Uh, talk about a little, the opposition to transparency. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that and, and um, yeah. reality winner. Right. So... One thing that I've noticed um, is that really not, there doesn't seem to be any meaningful action in the United States on election security without transparency. And the most obvious example of this is Reality Winner, who yeah. is, she was the Army veteran, um, an NSA contractor who leaked the NSA report to The Intercept, which showed that um, Russia had actually breached election systems, uh, or actually three election service providers and um, I think it, it had a, a lot of additional information in there. But what happened is um, one, of the, one of those providers was VR Systems, and they provide, they're called electronic poll books that they're used to check voters in at the polling places. And one of their uh, customers, North Carolina, coincidentally, in 2016 in Durham County, had massive, massive electronic poll book failures. And um, they, they had some indication, I think, that it could there was already sort of a rumor in the media that it could have been VR systems, but it hadn't been confirmed with this, ha with this leaked NSA report yet. And so the North Carolina Elections Board, which was, by the way, um, led by Republicans at the time, <laughs> they did sort of a cursory glance, I guess, at the electronic poll books, and they, they claimed they had done a forensic analysis. And after Reality Winner leaked the report, they admitted that they really hadn't done a forensic analysis, and um, someone who was formerly general counsel for them, said that really it was um, because of that report and after that report that they finally referred the machines to the Department of Homeland Security for analysis. The problem that, so that was because of transparency. People tend to just not do stuff if, mm -hmm. if, um, without public exposure. But the real concern I have is that the government itself doesn't appear to want us to know about security breaches. And I say this partly because key state officials told the media that they had no idea about um, those three election service providers having been infiltrated and VR systems having been infiltrated until Reality Winner leaked that report, which is yeah. really, it's, it's really scary. And they still won't tell us, the DHS still won't tell us who the other two election service providers are, yeah, nor I'm, will they tell us the other Florida county. There's two Florida counties yeah. that were hacked. They won't tell us the other Florida county. And I wonder if that's got anything to do with, like, you remember how Obama was waffling back and forth about whether or not to talk about Russia, you know, interfering sure. in our elections, and, and maybe it's because of the... You know, they have this sort of this idea that if we know that elections don't work... We'll that panic. Well, we've put ourselves into a real bind because we have a really a Swiss cheese election system 
And then you have someone like, like Trump who, I mean, it's still possible to have a legitimate election outcome with the Swiss cheese system. It's also ha possible to have it rigged, but you can kind of get screwed either way. And I think Trump really backed Obama and even Hillary a little bit and he sort of tricked them yeah. by saying it was going to be rigged. And then they came out in this big defense of our frankly terrible election system. And it made it really awkward for them to admit um, after the fact that maybe it really was rigged because the machines, I mean, um, and the voter <laughs> registration systems, one or the other, or both. And that is a Russian active measure, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Right. They're taking advantage of our vulnerabilities that we would have whether they got involved or not. You know, it's, it's, it's opportunistic of them. But, yeah, the, the problem seemed to be more at home than anything, right? Like, right. Yeah, like these... These feelings well, of polarization, like they're gonna be here regardless, but Russia's like, oh cool, you're polarized, let me it, take advantage of that. Right, and it's entirely, I mean, possible that we've had multiple people inside of our systems, you know, it could have been domestic and Russia, or it could have been, you know, it could have been more than one nation state. I mean, it's, it's, it's Swiss cheese, it really is, but corrupt insiders have always, always been at least as great of a risk as Russia. I don't want to say greater. I, I can't quantify it because I don't know exactly what happened because there's no transparency, but they're certainly a great risk. Yeah. So what, what can we do other than, I mean, call our senators, obviously. We're going to do that. Uh, what else can we do to increase voter participation and deter voter fraud? Not voter fraud, well, just fraud. Sort of back to this um, transparency voter thing. Voter fraud's They're, not real unless it's we're, Republican. We're running up against a deadline, apparently. Sorry. We're running up against a deadline at the end of September um, having to do with funding, election security funding. And again, my concern is that we'll get funding for these barcode systems, which is not what we want. But as long as we can get... Um, some election security funding, I guess, under the SAFE Act instead, that's something to promote. There's something that we don't really have as much of a deadline on that I'm really interested in um, promoting, which is subpoenaing the voting machine vendors, much like the cigarette company manufacturers were subpoenaed. Um, because they're lying to us. Yeah. And in ESNS in particular, finally it got caught in its lie, having said it didn't install remote access software in its voting machine programming systems. It did, and it, it finally admitted they're in 300 jurisdictions, but it won't identify where they are. And to me, it's insane that the House has not actually subpoenaed the vendors to tell us where and when they put the remote access software, among other things. And hmm, I yeah. wonder why. <laughs> so, and then I do want to say, in, um, keep, keep an eye on the news out of Georgia um, in particular, because they're sort of ground zero for sort of this, um, if you're interested in the voting machine, and, and voter, voter registration system sort of shenanigans. They're really ground zero for that. And on the bright side, there is a nonprofit called the Coalition for Good Governance that filed litigation in Georgia, and they got a, a, really a historic ruling. It's in Georgia federal court where they, the court actually found um, Georgia's paperless voting machines unconstitutional. Wow. So that was, that was a really big deal. And, but that's actually only halfway there. They're actually taking on these barcode voting systems. And so this is a really, really groundbreaking lawsuit. Um, and you can find them, you can find them, yeah, you can find them just online, and they actually do need financial support because they're going against a really well-funded <laughs> opponent, which is the, yeah. um, the Georgia Secretary of State. And they're also funding litigation, by the way, over those drop, those missing votes from the black neighborhoods, mm -hmm. 127,000 drop votes in 2018. Um, so there have two separate really important um, lawsuits going that have received some pretty good rulings so far. And oh. I think supporting them is, would be really helpful. Absolutely. Great. Thank yeah. you so much. It's called Coalition for what? Coalition for Good Governance. For Good Governance. Will do. All right. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Uh, thank you. For being here. Thank you, Jennifer.
Now, could I, if you wouldn't mind uh, sticking around, and we got the panel here, uh, we're going to take some audience questions. Oh, yeah, and then really quickly, I just wanted to say, I think it's a great point to mention that we're up against, like, really huge funds. Like, the 1%, they, I, I think they own, like, like more than 80% of the wealth, it seems. And, and so that made me realize today that even collectively, we actually don't have as much money as them, but money is not gonna be the only determining factor. Okay. Yeah, we also have to show up in numbers too big to manipulate. Hell yes. <laughs> Can I yeah, no, one we of have the things that. We've Can I, I just so, We have the numbers, they're terrified We do, we definitely have the numbers. There are easily a million different nutrition guides and meal plans out there, but most of them don't consider your specific needs and goals, which is why I love Kettlebell Kitchen. They truly understand that meal planning isn't off the rack. It needs to be tailored, and they have a great personalization solution. Kettlebell Kitchen was founded by two Army vets with one goal, to help you achieve yours with meal plans tailored to honor your body's unique needs. Whether you're slimming down or bulking up or just trying to eat food, there's a plan for you. And there's no contracts. They deliver fresh to your door twice per week. And the ingredients are sustainable and healthy. All the meals are free of dairy, soy, artificial sweeteners, and naturally free of gluten. And it's convenient. There's no assembly required. You just heat and enjoy. And they have vegetarian plans, keto, Whole30, and paleo options available too. I go for the paleo meals. They're clean and delicious. All I have to do is heat them up. It saves me so much time. My personal favorites are the salmon cakes and the baked chicken. That was really amazing. And the filet medallions were delicious too. Uh, and the most of like best thing about it is the convenience. It's a lifesaver for us. So feed the champion in you with Kettlebell Kitchen. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com and enter code MSW for $50 off your first two orders. This offers for new customers only. That's $50 off your first two orders at kettlebellkitchen.com. Use code MSW. You'll be glad you did. All right, so uh, there's a microphone up here. We have time for maybe five questions or so. If, you, if anybody wants to uh, jump up, hop up, come ask a question, show yourself. You want answers? Yeah, a fan made us this music. I forgot. I think it's Brad. I don't want to give the wrong credit. <laughs> no, this is a this is a patron-made song. Definitely a patron. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, patrons. Also. Yeah. In general, shout out to our patrons. Oh yeah. Yes. You guys are awesome. Yeah, our, our, our upfront video, that's from a patron. Yep, yeah. yep. Nice. I think we got it. Are you? I thought that was Jason, too. Oh, right. oh, it is Jason. These glasses are not good enough. It's Jason. <laughs> We're good? Thank you, Jason. Give it up for Jason, guys. Hell yeah. Hi, hello. Hey, hi. You guys are awesome, so thank you so much. Thanks. You guys are awesome. Jennifer here, too. So two quick questions. Uh, my first question is, who owns these voting machine companies? I'm so glad you asked that, because I didn't really get to get there. Um, you know, what's really shocking, back to this transparency concern, is they're owned by private equity, which means we don't know who actually, um, really, uh, the individuals who own and control wow. them. And North Carolina was recently t taking a promising step. They actually asked to who owns ESNS. And then they got really lame answers, and they decided, they talked to the DHS, which said, oh, yeah, well, we looked into it, and there's no foreign ownership, so we're just going to let it go. No. And again, they didn't get into the, what, what little we do know is actually very concerning. So um, ESNS itself was founded with the money um, from two, the families of two religious right billionaires who are both members of a group called the Council for National Policy. 
I don't know if you've heard of them, I've written about them. Um, it's a really scary religious right billionaire networking group and its recent members include the whole Cambridge Analytica crowd, which oh, is... no. Right, the, so you have the Mercers and Steve Bannon and Kellyanne Conway. It also includes Wayne LaPierre from the, from the NRA, no. oh, um, Mike Pence, and, oh, it, and it includes a convicted embezzler who um, has these, he's like an embezzler turned Christian whose nonprofits had these massive voter data leaks in 2015, so it's really shady. And then the other big mega vendor, Dominion Voting, it does its programming in Serbia, which is, has a very close connection to Russia. Their president is extremely pro-Putin, and it really might as well be Russia, yeah. where they're doing their programming. So yeah. it's, it's really quite shocking. And the two companies may actually even be related, these two vendors. Um, we just don't know because they're pri privately owned. Another Yikes. good reason to demand that the House subpoena them. They have yeah. the power. The Democrats... The Democrats have the power to subpoena them, and they've actually been asked by a few public interest groups, so now's a great time if you want to make an easy call. Call your House representatives and ask yep. them to subpoena yeah. the voting machine vendors. Do, do that shit. Thank do you. That yeah. Shit. Hell yeah. Great question. Thank you for the do question. That. What was your follow-up question? Uh, my other question was, I mean, given the issues with polling centers closing down and lack of access to voting locations, do you think that, um, absent, you know, if we went completely absentee handmarked ballots across the country, if that could help resolve some of these issues? Um, not necessarily. We just all did mail in. Not necessarily. So. Absence. But Trump would fuck with the post office. The, the problem is that it, it really depends on the jurisdiction. So, for example, Oregon has, does um, vote by mail really well. Uh, I don't think they have a lot of corruption there, and they also may have spent a lot of time coming up with safeguards. You have a lot of chain of custody problems with vote by mail, not just the post office misdelivering, but even on the other end. So really, any time, when you think of transparency, any time the public loses sight of of the chain of custody of where those ballots are, it's an opportunity for fraud. And um, if you're gonna do vote by mail, you really have to have some good safeguards. I, I know that Florida has a really terrible vote by mail system. Georgia has an Florida atrocious has problem. <laughs> they have atrocious um, vote by mail, and there, has, there was litigation over that, and it just, you can, so I don't see vote by mail as being a panacea, at least not quickly for 2020. Um, you really, I think the most secure, there are other problems, ma major other problems, but the most secure is voting on election day with a hand-marked paper ballot. Um, if you're going to vote by mail, I will say this, and actually I do, I do vote by mail in California. If you're going to do it, you want to ask for your vote by mail ballot early enough that if the voter registration system is hacked, which can happen, that you'll, um, if you don't get your ballot because, say, somebody tweaked your address, that you know this soon enough to get a ballot, in, a ballot in time to vote in the election because we actually, there have been certainly a lot of reports of people not getting their vote by mail ballots and that could have been because of, potentially because of hacking. And if your county allows it, and this is, gets very confusing because there's no one size fits all for all counties, but if your county allows it, it's best to uh, circumvent the uh, post office and hand deliver your vote by mail ballot to your polling place. Yeah. 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 Um, but you got to make sure that, we, your that your county allows it because you don't want to show up and have them say, sorry. Yeah, I want to request we, delivery. We have to Al. remember, too, that Mueller, and this is one of the most shocking things that he said in his testimony, 
didn't investigate whether the vote was hacked, whether the voting numbers that's were what's changed. Just so, it's such a fail on his part. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I mean, don't know if he was even allowed yeah, or tasked to be able to do that. So right. it, it, I don't know if it was a fail on his part necessarily. But he might have handed it off to some, somebody else. But that it I wasn't investigated at all uh, because the, no. uh, the scope of the investigation yeah. was created by Rod Rosenstein. Well, there was, yeah, there was a footnote where he said, yeah, well, the FBI said this was hacked and that was hacked, and we didn't really look into it because the FBI has, has it under control. And it, yeah. you know, it's, tran- the reason why transparency is so important is we shouldn't, for example, I don't trust the DHS under Trump, um, and I shouldn't have to. And yeah, right. frankly, trust the any agency. Is, I actually, you know, there were, peop- there were jurisdictions that didn't trust it under Obama, and if you think about it, they shouldn't have to either, and that's why transparency is so important. People want it, people to trust an untrustworthy system, and the best way to make it trustworthy is to have it as transparent as possible yeah. to involve yeah. the public. Transparency in is the answer. Yeah. Yep. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey, and thank you so much for all the work you do, Aww. all the content you bring us. It's really amazing. So thank you so much. Um, and not to have this question come out of left field, no pun intended. Um, one question I have is: It seems like so many of the issues with them, like corruption, general like Trump administration issues that we are like talking about that you cover so heavily are not being covered in the democratic um, kind of campaigns that are going on. I don't really hear anyone talking about it. It's almost like taboo to talk about. So I just want to know general thoughts on, you know, our really wonderful field of democratic candidates who just don't really talk about any of these issues that we've been dealing with so heavily. Yeah, I think it's odd because voters, in a recent poll by SSRS that came out on CNN, 55% of voters think it's more important to beat Trump, or 39% of the voters want to talk about the issues. Exactly, which is kind of sad, but true. The debate format, I think, is is one of the big fucking problems uh, that we have. Uh, Just stupid debate format. Um, 10 candidates on the stage, and then they're like, oh, we narrowed it down by 10. We had 20, and then they're like, oh, we'll put them all on the same stage again, yeah. And then we're gonna have more even in the next debate, so I think that they need to fix that format. But you're, you know, you're absolutely right, they aren't running on that. Um, they aren't running on it. Russia, they, I, I think de Blasio was the only one who mentioned Russia in the debate. Kamala, Kamala mentioned Trump often, and I yeah. think she was one of the main ones that was like, yo, we're fighting him, not each other. And yeah, Cory Booker was like, we should all get along. But Kamala was the one that was like, this is about Trump. Yeah, but they yeah. didn't, they aren't discussing, I think what you were referring to specifically is the corruption, like what he, you know, his, you know. There's some corruption. There's like a little. There's a tad. <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. But yeah, I wish, uh, and that's kind of, I think, why we're here and what we all do and what you guys do is just keep yelling it because if the candidates aren't going to, it has to get out there somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I find myself increasingly you frustrated with like CNN, honestly, too, because like today, for example, they're talking about freaking Mrs. Buys degrees for like. Two hours, and then hardly any coverage on McCabe, for example, which is an incredible assault on Mm -hmm. the intelligence community and justice in this country. So if stations like that are kind of informing the base and candidates have to speak directly to the base, I feel they get sort of pigeonholed in what they're even going to talk about, especially when it's led by CNN. Yep, on I agree. Own. How many hours has CNN spent on the Felicity Huffman trial in the last, like, week? It's a good question. <laughs> Very good question. Have you clocked it? I'm going to start clocking it. <laughs> I'm going to watch clocking it. Clocking it. Yeah. We'll do it. Hello. Hello. Um, Hi. North Carolina, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, Texas. Do these states have anything in common? 
<laughs> you mean besides and, geographically, right? And um, is this a problem that occurs across the country or just um, there? You mean with uh, which specific problem? Do you mean the voting machines yeah, the, flipping? The voting, those are the examples of voting machine corruption that you're giving. The corruption is um, all throughout the United States, unfortunately. The most egregious examples that I've seen have involved ESNS are the most obvious, but I think Dominion probably does it too. So both ESNS and Dominion, for example, have made donations to Mitch McConnell, who is now blocking election security legislation that would have banned, you know, for, it would have curtailed, for example, their um, barcode voting systems, the SAFE Act. Um, in South Carolina, so ESNS has this advisory board. They call it an advisory board, but what it really is is they fly election officials to all around the country. They went to Las Vegas and they got them um, show tickets. Um, they hold open bars. There's the South Carolina's top election official sat on this advisory board, and she got twenty thousand dollars worth of um, gifts from the vendor through through being on this advisory board. Over the course, of, it's over the course of like a decade, but twenty thousand, and then they chose the barcode voting system over. I mean, massive opposition, by the way. There are voters, um, voters, and leading election security experts who are opposing these, um, these, especially these barcode machines, and they're selling like hotcakes. Philadelphia is another one. Um, it was a Republican commissioner and a Democratic commissioner who both received donations that were not disclosed, by the way, from ESNS through its lobbyist. And they chose this barcode voting system, and it's still being fought tooth and nail. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's everywhere, but it is sort of most obvious, I think, uh, New York, um, New York, South, South Carolina, North Carolina, definitely they're sweet in the pot. Texas. Um, What's up with the South? Do you think it's really because of what happened during the Civil War? They're still hanging on to that culture? Like, I, I'm curious about um, like, the commonality. I, I will. I think that it was real, really striking to me. Um, I had read about the 127,000 undervotes in black neighborhoods in Georgia, um, and that those were the the vendor there is ESNS. And then I saw it in Tennessee, and another advocate kind of connected those two together. Um, her name's Lulu Freisdat. I mean, that to me is, um, and, and it's really not disputable either. So in Tennessee, they, they compared the precinct results that come out on these poll tapes to what came out on the other end, the reported totals, and they just didn't match. And it was from like these precincts. It was like black churches where, and the guy, um, he's African-American himself, and he was just curious. I mean, he's an election security advocate, but he said, I'm just going to check this out. And he couldn't believe it. They just didn't make it out on the other end. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... I mean, I'm speculating, of course. I'm, I can't even prove, you know, in terms of a court of law that, that there was actual cheating, but I'm very concerned it has to do, that it's deliberate voter suppression. And at the very minimum, you have um, reports that they send broken down machines, certainly, to the black neighborhoods, or not enough machines. And yes, right. absolutely, I think this is, it's just um, straight up racism. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for confirming that. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Seattle. You came just in time for the rain. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have maybe a weird question for a Democrat living in Seattle for you guys, but I was raised Mormon. I appreciate all your commentary. <laughs> I'm not Mormon now. I was raised that way. So I have a lot of conservative family members, and we try to engage in co political conversations. And um, my question that is still driving me crazy with my conversations with them is that even if you are Republican and you uh, like some of the things that, that Trump does, 
is the Republican well of people so dry that you can't find somebody who's not a misogynist rapist that can accomplish the same goals that you're looking for? Yes. The so answer actually, is yes. Yeah, there, there is yeah, but they're all awful. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the judges they've been trying to appoint? So my, my, my question off of that is, if you, if, if Donald Trump was the Democratic presidential candidate. Mm. I've always had this conversation with my brother that I would not have voted for him. I would have chosen someone else. Right, right. Um, who would you choose if you had to pick a Republican? Oh, well, I would Richard lean, Painter. Okay, that's good. I would I lean towards yeah. like a Marco Rubio type, but, oh, but even, no you one. don't want to be in that position to begin with. Maybe so Kasich. Robert I was going to say that. Very good. Yes, I don't Robert know why Mueller. I didn't think of that. He seems tired though, right? He's like, let him go tired. rest. He's not happy about any of this. But I will say... I, Let him have question. a sleep. I just, yeah, I, I think at this point, their GOP is not what it used to be, right? When, when the Democratic Party decided not to be racist anymore, <laughs> not so overtly, that was a big shift. And the GOP is going through a really big shift right now. So they might need to either rebrand or jump ship, but it's not what it used to be, and it probably won't go back. So they don't have any more decent people, I think. They all left and became independents. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Yeah, but very good question. Totally. Good question. I would, uh, That's an interesting conversation well, to have with your family, by the yeah. way. It I, is. Actually, I actually think there's a real concern also um, that the Trump administration is blackmailing people or uh, threatening them, and I think a lot of maybe the more moderate Republicans have been who, who dared to challenge him have been um, scared out of the media because there have been reports that the Trump administration, you know, met with cell phone hacking company in um, Israel, spyware company. And then you have, um, I mean, Lindsey Graham, for example, is still there, but then you have Trump. This is, this is spyware where all they need is your cell phone number. And then yeah. you have Trump um, in 2017 reading out Lindsey Graham's cell phone number to the crowd. And it, it seems, and then he goes golfing with Lindsey Graham, and suddenly Lindsey Graham's no longer such an opponent. And yeah, and weird that we just found a bunch of those uh, Stingray devices around the White House from Israel. Right, and, and there are reports that um, friends of Trump are raising millions of dollars to um, come up with dossiers to investigate journalists, and we even heard... Phony dossiers? Yeah, fake well, dossiers? <laughs> no, the real dossiers, maybe. I don't know, but the, they're, they're, they're going to threaten journalists, and I think um, it's absolutely a concern that they're... Um, have done this certainly, certainly to members with, uh, within their own party. I, yeah. you know, Jeff Flake, for example, I, I have concerns about. Isn't That's why they're either, all retiring. There's no Republican yeah. primaries in certain states this year as well, right? They're That's pulling right. Them. There's four states where they're not. They're pulling it, but it. but to be fair, the Democrats have done that in the past as well. Sure, I didn't know they did when yeah. they did it, but it seems especially distinctive now, considering that Trump is their candidate, right? right. Obama. Admit it, if he were white, he would still be a pretty decent candidate, right? Like, I think the idea is that Trump is not the norm. And for them to cancel the primaries while he is the president, that's special. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I think I might disagree a little bit. I think canceling primaries is, 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 is kind of a thing that's done. If you think you have it in the bag, sure. What the fuck is Trump, though? Trump has 88% of the Republican vote. He's got well, that, it in the bag. That's, yeah. You're right. That is the problem. What the fuck is going on? That makes no sense to me. I know, yeah, but I know. Don't we know that Trump rigs polls, though, right? I mean, that's what Michael Cohen testified, that he... Um, of course. He bribed $12,000 bag with a boxing glove in it. So, yeah, it's really, it's really hard to to know sometimes how, yeah. how high think, his approval really is. Yeah, I think canceling primaries though significantly diminishes voters' feelings of the efficacy of their vote. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it, but yeah. It's you just don't have a huge mm -hmm. issue with the Republicans doing it, really. 
Uh, I mean, I have a, a huge issue with everything that they do. I just wanted to make sure that we know that Obama did cancel. So there were some oh, pr- primaries canceled. Yeah. Obama and was in, a and, in, and in Clinton as well. Right. I think Trump is their Obama, but sure, my bias is showing. Generally speaking, Obama is uh, Obama is the good and Trump is the evil. So to say that Trump is your Obama is ridiculous but i i get what that means it's just holy shit your obama obama is the antichrist who the fuck are you that makes no sense right and you said it's 88 percent of republicans but only like about 30 percent are truly hardcore fans right that's what it 30 percent of american voters american not voters. republicans okay. 80, that, the Republicans that's are for Hitler Trump. Shit right there. There's only just like six Republicans. That's it. Yeah, I think I want to say fact check me on this next week if you want, but I think Hitler had about 88 percent of six people. Yeah, well, 88 percent of fucking people that can't decide if they want to speak up, like 88 percent of neutral people, sure, but 30 percent of hardcore fucking Trumpians. Those, those Trumpettes or whatever they call them, those people make all the difference. The people that, like, they do nothing, they just allow those 30% of people to be that much more powerful. I know. Yeah, it's, you're I, right. Yeah, you're not one of them, but fuck. You're right. That's awful. Hello. Final Hi. question. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. We're, Seattle's lucky to have your three brilliant brains here. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you. And uh, my question is specifically related to the awesome guest you have in, in your grade, too. No, no. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. But uh, two things. One is, uh, what should the Democratic candidates be talking about right now in the debates to make the election security issue forefront? Mm. And secondly, what can they do in between now and November of 2020? What are we doing to ensure this election, not after we have a Democratic president and Democratic Senate, what are we doing right now about this election? What, what's who doing? Mitch McConnell? Right. There were, there were two questions, right? What was the first one again? The first what, one is what, what are the presidential candidates saying now to bring this to light, to activate all of us, all yeah, of the people I think that's for to get in the Jen. street and do something, and then yeah. what are we doing to prevent it before it happens? The presidential candidates have not done enough in terms that they really need talking points, and we were talking about this backstage. I think Democrats are really bad with talking points, so they should be saying hand-marked paper ballots, and they should be saying there's this thing called barcode voting and you know holding up a barcode, and can you tell if this is Elizabeth Warren or Donald Trump when you look at the barcode? So they should be doing that. They should talk about how systems have remote access. The um, centralized computers have, these vendors have remote access to them. They installed it and they lied about it. And they should talk about how um, they connect to the internet and the vendors lied about this. And I think that that would get real interest out there and they need to add that hand-marked prefix that um, Kamala Harris is doing this on Twitter. I don't know if she's done it anywhere else. I don't know if she said hand-marked, but she's done it at least several times on Twitter. Ron Wyden is really, he's not a presidential candidate. He's the one who does it the most. Um, Elizabeth Warren has called for hand-marked paper ballots in her um, written camp, her written description of what her election security plan is, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. But I haven't heard her actually say it out loud. And the problem is, um, you know, the vendors calling these barcode things paper ballots, they are paper, but calling them paper ballots, that is propaganda. And studies have shown that to overcome propaganda, you need to, you need repetition. And that's where, for example, Fox News is so good. Their content is crap, but they're very good at repetition. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And that is so important. And, and the Democratic candidates yeah. are completely failing at this. And I'm often finding myself, I, I've actually been nicer on the Democratic candidates for a president, but, you know, with Amy Klobuchar, Shar. <laughs> I've done a lot of Dear Amy Klobuchar. Where's the hand-marked ma- hand prefix? Why are you not telling people about the barcodes? 
So what are they, what can be done between now? I mean, certainly at a minimum, well, we can get the SAFE Act passed. That would, does, if it's done by the end of September, which is just a few weeks from now, um, there might be some hope that way. Um, if that doesn't happen, we still can have the House subpoena the vendors. And I do think transparency and shining a light and letting people, at, telling them we need to know under oath, who owns you? Who is controlling you? I think that this could be a deterrent. And even if it's not a deterrent, it could open investigations. And you never know who's, there are a lot of people, because this isn't focused on who could do, are in a position to do things, really good litigators, for example. <clears throat> you never know who's listening. Yep. <coughs> All right. Someone might be listening and maybe they'll file some lawsuits. We really need more lawsuits. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we do. Not yes, in general. Election security. Election security. Election security. The Coalition for Good Governance is the only really act in town and thank God for them, but they need we need more. Woo! Yeah. And I think also just get five of your friends to register to vote. Show up in numbers too yes. big to manipulate. We just have to show yes. up. Absolutely. Because even with all this corruption and, and, and you know, sixteen hundred polling places closing and Hundred, you know, hundreds of thousands of votes being dropped. We still kicked their fucking ass in 2018. Yeah, yeah. But and we lost, we lost a few seats, but, but we did gain very important ones. 2020 has to be even bigger than yeah, what that. Absolutely, was. absolutely. And I yeah. think that it will be. I think people will turn out. You guys are just amazing, and I think that everybody who, who kind of is part of this community is just, just so plugged in and so awesome. And. Before we get out of here, uh, we're gonna do a little thing. This is my favorite part. Okay, and we're gonna divide the room up into three parts. You guys over here, it's actually four parts. You guys in the middle, mm -hmm. and then you guys over here, and then you guys up front. Oh. You have a special part. So, <clears throat> first of all, you guys over here, sing this note. Fuck. Keep going. Fuck. You guys. Fuck. Fuck. Keep it going. Now I'm going to go like this and you stop. And then you guys go. Fucked. <laughs> really high, like soprano. And I'll give you a cue. All right? Sound good? Now who's fucked today? Uh, I would say um, we, we discussed it briefly. I'm trying to remember which guy we thought was. The I think Trump is fucked. I really well, Trump do. Trump is definitely fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you, you know, you can shit all over it if you want, Department of Justice. We opened an impeachment <laughs> inquiry in your ass today. So, or Thursday, excuse me. We're impeaching the fucking president of the United States. And I, I hate that we're like cheering for that because it's a very like somber and shitty fucking thing. <laughs> but hey. But I hate his fucking face. So uh, let's do Trump. Trump is. Fuck. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I've been AG. Thanks to Jennifer Cohn. Thank I you, Amanda Reader. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Julius Johnson. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jalisa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. 
fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. W Media.